Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Saturday, February 13th. And, uh, you know... It's a lot going on. There's a lot of looking back, looking forward. And here's the good news. For so many of you who have been thinking about what to do in the next phase of your career or whether to start that new business or not, we've got a great guest today. His name is Chris Gillibo. Chris is a friend of mine. I met him um, a few years back. He had written a book called Side Hustle, and he's got a great podcast called Side Hustle School. But it's really been interesting to watch his career flourish. He's such an interesting person. And, you know, he's got a ton of books. I mean, he really, he just has lapped me all over the place. His most recent book is called The Money Tree. But he also has a book that, as I said, Side Hustle, The Happiness of Pursuit, The $100 Startup, The Art of Nonconformity a bunch of them. But what do they all focus on? They focus on you and how to become more fulfilled in the things that you do. And this is really important because I think so many people, after going through what we've been through over the course of the last 12 months, we reconsider what we really want to do. And we're dropping this episode in the middle of tax season. And I think that for a lot of people, it is also important to recognize that starting a business or having a little bit of income coming in on the side, that can complicate your tax life. So we want to remind you that if you need help, our sponsor H&R Block has all of your tax needs covered. I mean, a lot of you have never heard of Schedule C. A lot of you don't even know what 1099 income is when you get it from someone else paying you for doing the things you've been doing your whole life. But H&R Block Tax Pros, they've got an average of 10 years experience. And whether you want someone to do your taxes for you or just answer questions while you do your taxes on your own, H&R Block's got you covered. That's kind of great. You can visit an office. You can make an appointment. If you want, you can drop your documents off at a local office and send pictures of documents. They can help you if you're just doing your taxes on your own and maybe it's screen share or on-demand chat. There's any way you can think about 
communicating, H&R Block can help you. So the tax pros at H&R Block are standing by. They're going to help you get your taxes done with or without that office visit. If you want more information, just go to hrblock.com. And remember, Block has your back. And so do we here at Jill on Money. So we are delighted to present to you once again, because I think this is his third visit with us, Chris Gillibo, who has just the most interesting story, uh, and you should definitely buy his books. So here's our interview with Chris Gillibo. I would love it if you could just talk a little bit about how you develop this this idea around the, the side hustle, because it is clear to me that part of the pandemic is that there are going to be a slew of people who are mm-hmm. embracing something that they kind of like doing and try to make money doing it. Talk a little bit about the side hustle. Yeah, well, that also kind of comes from, you know, more than 10 years of traveling and meeting people and doing lots of, you know, little reader meetups and such in different places. And I started noticing way back, I was like, there's there are all these people whose stories are not really being told. And you have like a whole startup movement and you have all this focus on Silicon Valley and this Shark Tank model of, of getting funding for your business, which is all fine and well, but there's this whole other group of people who are you know, still have their day job. They don't necessarily think of themselves as like capital E entrepreneurs, but they all, they like the idea of being able to make extra money um, and being able to do something that gives them options. You know, um, I started just chronicling some of those stories and uh, wrote a book called The Hundred Dollar Startup that kind of catalyzed some of that stuff. It's not just like, and when we say side hustle, it's not like you know driving for Uber or something like that. Like I'm interested in people who are trying to build something and actually create an asset of their own that can. Know, hopefully bring passive income. And so yes, as you said, the pandemic, like more and more people are doing this. Some of them are, you know, starting an opportunity or pursuing something that they had thought about before but never did. Sometimes there's some new opportunities that have presented themselves. And sometimes, you know, people have either found themselves unemployed or begun doing remote work, which they weren't doing before. And so that presents, you know, a chance to do something different as well. So it's really interesting to see how some people are making changes and adapting during this time. I think what's also interesting is that your community of people and the people who really love what you espouse, they're all different types. Can you talk about the idea of developing a side hustle while you have the safety net of a full-time job? Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that the kind of the central goal of life to figure out what it is that we are passionate about and also proficient in? You know, what is it that we are actually, you know, really good at, but we're also really excited about that thing. And I think if you can find that thing and then find a way to to make it viable, then you've got it pretty good, right? There's so many people out there who are miserable for all sorts of reasons not able or not willing to make changes or they don't go through that investigation of what am I passionate about that I'm also good at, et cetera. And so the thing about starting it while you still have the job, to me, it just removes so much pressure. It makes it a much lower stakes kind of thing. Like I was, I was talking with um, actually this guy who does some work for me, you know, on the side, like he and his wife have traveled a lot. They lived in a lot of different countries. They have this whole blog called Intentional Travelers. So they, of course, have been homebound during this time. And uh, one of the places they used to spend a lot of time was Italy. And they worked in this cooking school. And so during the pandemic, they've started this this whole like online cooking school where people can you know meet every Saturday and they're learning like how to make homemade gnocchi and all this kind of stuff. So they just started this like a month or two ago. You know, they're making two to three thousand dollars a month from this little side business. And and I mentioned that thing about like low stakes and no pressure. 
you know, his name is Jed. And he said, if we were trying to make this like our everything, then I don't know that we would even be as successful as we are with it because it would feel totally different. Mm. But because it's just a fun thing, we're working with our friend in Italy that we haven't seen in a while and we're bringing her some income and people are really enjoying the connecting over the cooking classes by Zoom or whatever. It just makes it feel totally different. So it relieves the pressure. You know, it allows the possibility for benefit without much cost or harm. Also, I think it kind of increases creativity. I love that idea that something really cool comes out of, well, let's try it. And the stakes aren't so high. And sometimes if the stakes aren't so high, you are willing to also fail. Like, yeah, I'm sure you heard the story about like the founders of Slack, that mm-hmm. Slack was basically a, a way that these founders were talking to each other because they were trying to develop a video game. The engineers were like, well, they sort of started programming this and they were communicating through this thing. And they thought, the thing that they were communicating through was the business, not the thing they were trying to build. They kind of happened upon it. That's right. the coolest thing in the world, isn't it? I think it's I think it's really cool. I also think it's quite common in a, in a, in a good way. It's like in the way of the more you experiment, the more you try stuff, then, you know, that's how you're going to find, you know, like there was a classic Steve Jobs quote about this, about how you can't always connect the dots looking forward. But if you look back, you're like, oh, this thing that led to this thing. And if I hadn't done this, then I wouldn't get to where I am now. And so that includes, you know, the failures of your life. That includes the setbacks and challenges. It includes the things that you're really excited about, but didn't quite work. It might also include things that you were pretty good at, but you realized you actually didn't like doing that thing. And so hopefully you made a change because a lot of people are, are you know, not able to make it. Like if, they, if they're in a situation that, that other people look at and say, you know, you should be happy. Like you have a good job or a good situation or whatever. You know, that it's, it's often hard to kind of say, well, it might be good in some ways, but it's not really what I really want. So what can I do to, to begin making change toward that? Uh, you know, on your website, which happens to be called amazingly, chrisgillibo.com, we'll link to it. You have your philosophy. I love number one, which is you don't have to live your life the way other people expect. When mm-hmm. do you think you understood that about yourself? I think in some ways I have always kind of lived it, um, but I don't think I really had much self-awareness about it um, until probably my mid-20s or something. I mean, at that point, I had several years of living in in Sierra Leone and in Liberia um, as an aid worker, and I'd also been traveling other places, and I had started working on my own since I was 19, like selling things on eBay originally, and then bunch of other businessy things. I had all these experiences. There was like a collection or a hodgepodge of experiences, but to really start, you know, thinking about this nonconformist life or this, like, how can I create or design the life that I want? And, you know, throughout life, other people have all kinds of ideas for you and, you know, they have their preferences and, you know, things that they would like you to do or things that make them comfortable. But then, you can also take a step back and ask yourself, what is best for me? And so, I, so it's, it's probably like a journey that, you know, I'm still on, I'm sure. But I started writing about it when I was about 30 years old. You know, I think that part of um, the experience that you recount in, you know, traveling to 100, 193, right? 193 yep. countries is also in finding some amazing stories every place you go, but also saying, you know, this is what I like to do. I Mm -hmm. like to be out and about and travel, which of course contributes to what is obviously a much more difficult time for you because you are an introvert who is somewhat extroverted. You have no fear. You go anywhere, right? And now, you know, what is the outlet? How are you scratching the itch of (laughs) connection and being outside of yourself? 
And I think that a lot of those virtual experiences are, are really wonderful. I don't connect super well through them myself. So for me, I think, I mean, in some ways I have withdrawn a bit. Uh, in other ways, like this conversation that we're having right now is, is really wonderful and affirming. And like after we end this conversation, I'm probably going to go for a run, but I'll be thinking about this time. And so I just try to fill my life with things that are, that are mindful. And if I notice there's something that's missing or something, I try to figure out what to do to get that. So if you were going to give advice to a side hustler right now, someone's thinking is sitting at home, listening to the podcast, out walking and saying, I want to do something. I want to develop something. Talk about some of the steps that you would bring that person through to, to identify what is a, a good side hustle for him or her. So I think everything kind of falls into two stages. And the first stage is idea generation. Um, and the second stage is like making that idea happen. And so when you're trying to generate ideas, um, I think it helps to kind of develop your skill of observation, just learn to be curious, um, learn to ask questions, learn to notice problems and inefficiencies or things that bother you. Um, you know, what is difficult for you in your life right now? Like what solution could you create? And is that something that's difficult for other people? Start making a list of all of your skills. Like I always say, follow your skill, not your passion. Like even though we talked earlier about being passionate, I think most of us are passionate about things that we are good at. Like there is a bit of overlap there. So if you start thinking like, what are my skills? Like from there, it's not too hard to start generating different ideas and like they can branch out and such. And so then once you you know have ideas, then the next step is like, okay, what do I do to actually bring this idea to life? And how can I simplify. Like I'm a big fan of, of like, what is the easiest version of this thing that I can get out? Like if it's a product or a service, I really just need, you know, a one page website with a PayPal button, you know, for example, or it could be something different, but the point is just something really simple to have. And then, you know, Oh, I don't know anybody. I don't know how to market. Okay. Well, do you have a Facebook account? Like, do you have friends, you know, somewhere? Can you post there and say, Hey, I'm trying to do this thing, you know, and I'm not quite sure how to reach people. You know, it's somebody, you know, is probably going to know somebody who can help with the next kind of thing. And then I think it's just a matter of experimenting and like every day do a little bit. That's, that's why this model is, um, can be really effective and also enjoyable and doable for people. Because if you just have, you know, even 30 minutes a day, you can take one step every day to get a little bit closer to that goal. And then it's not about trying to make, you know, a million dollars in a short period of time. It's like, what can you do to have your first sale, your first customer? And once you have that, it's very empowering for people, like people who have never had a, any source of income apart from their paycheck from their employer. Once they start getting paid by somebody else, like a stranger, you know, who sends them money, it feels really good. And you're like, what, what can I do to have more of that? I know. I remember the story. I think it was in Side Hustle where somebody was like, you know, I'm really good at, you know, accounting or something and then start doing that for others. Like the, some skill that you probably take for granted in your real life, right? Or in your work life. And then say, hey, you know, I'm I'm a IT person at work. And then um, in my neighborhood, I'm like the general IT person and I get to do that. And I think that's so cool. In in your community, like if, if I wanted, if, if someone's listening, listening to this and they want to start, first of all, the first thing you should do is besides listen to what Chris says is to buy the book Side Hustle. Okay. Let's be honest. But in your community, do you feel like community members are helping others with formulating ideas and maybe providing resources to one another? I think definitely. Like I'm doing these monthly calls uh, with people or anybody can just, you know, call in and we talk about stuff. But I also think like ultimately, that person out there who's trying to do this, like they have to take a step, you know, they have to take a step because I do also sometimes hear from people like month after month who are, 
you know, still kind of in this idea phase and we try to like nudge them along. And I, like, I know there's a time and a place that's a season for everything and such, but I think it's also possible, I guess what I'm saying is it's possible to kind of get stuck in that research process and never actually like do something about it. So I try to nudge people toward that uh, more than just like more research or more resources or whatever. Right. The whole analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. What has been a hard part of you establishing your own business? I mean, for example, Mm -hmm. I hear from people and they're like, I can do the stuff, but I can't quite get like my accounting done or, Mm -hmm. oh my God, now I have to do my own taxes or are you this or someone did my, like, what is it that you've learned that you weren't so good at that you maybe, do you have to outsource it? What's tough for you and, and what can you do to help people get over those tough things? Well, I mean, there's a long list of that. I mean, I, I would start with, like you mentioned, outsourcing. I'm I'm actually not good at outsourcing, which is a problem because, you know, you can make a whole list of tasks you could outsource or delegate or begin working with assistants on. And I am really not a great manager. I think there's a big difference between leadership and management, of course, but ultimately you need somebody who's like, you know, here's the process, follow this process, like developing a systemized process that other people can follow. I really respect people who are good at that. I couldn't say that I've overcome that because it's been a struggle. And from time to time, I like try to address it in different ways and maybe I make a little bit of progress. And then I kind of go back to saying, well, you know, what am I actually good at? Maybe I should just be doing that um, Mm -hmm. because it kind of works, you know? And so I I haven't quite resolved that um, yet, but it's definitely an issue for me. I'm good at outsourcing, but I think that sometimes I get a little bit lazy. Like I just want someone else to do it. What's interesting is because I have a financial background, of course, the thing that I love to do is like, I can't help it. I love talking to my accountant. Not that I'm going to do my own taxes, but I just like the process of like talking through things and, you know, what have you, have you thought about this? Or maybe we could do that. And I don't know. I think that that's sort of an interesting thing to me. And I think maybe the big lesson for me is that you have to assemble the team that makes sense for you. If you're really crappy at marketing, then talk to someone who's really good at marketing. What is your opinion of creating sort of um, an informal board of directors, advisors? How do you feel about that? I mean, I feel good about that. I think some people will connect with it and some won't. So I think it's like, how does that land, you know, with you? It's kind of like the research thing. It's like, there's a time and a place, you know, it's also possible to just keep getting advice from people uh, Mm. without taking action or also getting advice that you want to just kind of affirm your existing worldview, right? You're like, a lot of times people ask for advice. Like when somebody asks me for advice about something, I always say, do you really want me to say what I think about this? Or do you want me to say, that's a great idea, go and do that. And if, if that's the answer, that's fine. Like you're looking for affirmation, not advice, you know? I think it's important to have people in your life who can say, you know, Chris, you know, you thought this was a good idea, but maybe you haven't thought about this or this isn't working, you know, you need to do a better job with this. Like I I always worry, worry sometimes if I don't have people like that in my life. What do you think you've learned from your lockdown period? Have you learned something new about yourself? I've learned there's a lot of things I can't control, which Mm. I I guess I probably should have known before, but this is, it kind of illuminates it in a way that's very, you know, maybe more real than anything I've ever experienced before. Right. It's like, like a lot of stuff that you might want to do, but you just can't. And so ultimately that's freeing. Ultimately that's kind of like, oh, I have constraints now. My options have been narrowed. So I have fewer things to worry about. But, you know, in the beginning, there's quite a lot of resistance, you know, to that. And at the beginning, it's like, I I don't like this, you know? And then it's like every single day, what are the numbers like today? Is it going to be over next week, next month, et cetera? And I think once you kind of just settle a little bit and realize I I can't actually do much about that, you know? So I'm just going to like wait it out and try to worry about what's within my limited sphere of influence. 
Thanks so much to Chris Gillibo. He's my pal. He is great, great books, really interesting writer, and just an all-around wonderful person. I'm so glad to call him a friend. If you are thinking about starting a business, if you are getting some side hustle income, it may make sense for you to actually deal with a tax professional this year or tax service this year, like H&R Block, which is sponsoring this podcast today, because the tax situation changes depending on how you earn income. And this is a really important aspect to the way you manage your financial life. You know, so many of you, you write in, you ask us questions about investing. I'd like to hear more tax questions, frankly, because I think that's a place where you can really make a huge difference in your life. Don't forget to check out hrblock.com. And remember, Block has your back if you need any help. And if you have questions for us about your taxes, send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. There, that's the business. Now, the part that I always want to remind you to do. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and try to lift somebody else up today. It will make you feel better. It will make them feel better. Okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.